Let's pray together. Yeah, Lord, let us be like you. Let us be like you. God, change our hearts so that we can be like you. May that be our prayer tonight. May that be our prayer every day. Bless this time as we seek to go right in that vein. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I ask you to open up God's Word with me to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Uh, and we start with a question. And it's a question that is, that is an easy answer question. And uh, a question that will probably draw some memories to your mind. Or maybe even something you're dealing with now. Or uh, certainly things we have dealt with in the past. But have you ever done something to somebody? Have you ever treated someone in such a way that it made you feel guilty? What you did to this person or how you treated this person or the way you reacted or something like that, it made you feel guilty about what you did. Or, or hopefully maybe it wasn't guilt. Maybe it was the Holy Spirit and it was conviction. Uh, if, if You're probably with me on this and we can probably all fairly say yeah. Yeah, I've done some wrong to some people, and I've treated people unfairly, and I've, I've done some bad uh, some things. Maybe, we've, we've, maybe that's it. Maybe we have treated somebody unfairly. Maybe that is, that is the thing, that we had an opportunity to, to treat somebody fairly, but we chose to treat them unfairly. Maybe uh, we have ignored somebody. Uh, I know I've been guilty of that in the past. To, to avoid any kind of commitment on my part or any kind of obligation or, or, or having to go above and beyond. I've, I've ignored people in order that I wouldn't have to communicate with them or I wouldn't have to, to, to try to befriend them or anything. I've just tried to stay out of uh, their way. Maybe you've had a relationship end in a way that you would like to take back. Uh, maybe, maybe that's you. Maybe you've had an outburst of anger in a, at a certain person, and, and you wish you would give anything if you could just go back on that moment and and and, and take it uh, back. And obviously, this list can go on and on and on, and all different kinds of examples and kind of things like that, because we've all made mistakes with other people, right? We've all it does not doesn't make it right, but we've all made mistakes with others. And sometimes these are emotionally driven mistakes. Sometimes these are pride-filled mistakes. Sometimes these are greedy mistakes. Uh, and there's, there's all different kinds, uh, kinds of reasons. And sometimes we allow the moment to control us instead of being prepared to handle the moment. What we're looking at tonight is God's ultimate preparation for us to handle the moment. It is God's ultimate preparation, Jesus', Jesus command for us to be able to deal with others. Hard others, nice others, great others, poor others, all different kinds of others, right? That God has, has given us this command through Jesus Christ in order to, to be able to handle each and every situation that we may find ourselves in when we are with others. And so what we refer to tonight is, uh, in Matthew seven twelve we refer to as the golden rule. So let's just go ahead uh, and read it. So, in everything you do, oh, excuse me, sorry. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. So we get to this, we get to this passage, and, and Mike, you can just leave it up there the whole time, if that's fine, uh, but... but uh, we get to this passage, and it starts with a summary word. The first word in this verse is so. So is a summary word. It's like therefore, uh, or thus. 
And this is one of Jesus' very famous summary statements in Scripture. When we think of summary statements in Scripture, we, we think of like the great commandment. Uh, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And we find out it's a summary statement, because right after that in verse 40, it says, All the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. We, we see the same kind of thing. What we talked about this morning in Romans chapter 12. Uh, we see uh, that Romans chapter 1 through 11 is a, is a, a big, broad, layout uh, discussion of the gospel. And then we get to Romans chapter 1 and we get that big word, or chapter 12, verse 1, and we get that big word, therefore. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And so we have right here, this is, okay, here's the gospel. Therefore, do this, you know, uh, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, okay? Uh, And so what the golden rule does, it's the same kind of principle. It takes a large section of what we have been studying on the Sermon on the Mount, and and it, it, it summarizes it. Okay, and so we go back to, we kind of get our starting point in Matthew 5.17. Matthew 5.17 says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. Okay, so Jesus, he's already gone through the Beatitudes. He's, he's gone through salt and light. And now he gets kind of to the moral part. He gets to the part where everyday righteousness through morality uh, is, is being taught that it's not what you've heard, but it's what I'm saying. And so, and so, what he what he's saying is, listen, uh, uh, I'm not here to abolish this. I am not here to abolish this. And then we fast forward all the way through the remainder of chapter five, all the way through chapter six, and halfway now through chapter seven, and we get to this. For this sums up the law and the prophets. So he says, I'm not abolishing the law and the prophets. Fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. This sums up the law and the prophets. And so, what we have here is an envelope. What we have here is this is where the message begins and this is where the message ends pertaining to this particular uh, uh, subject. So Jesus, what he's doing here is he's concluding his teaching on godly righteousness through biblical morality. And then he is transitioning, and what we'll see, if you look through your headings here, the narrow and the wide gates, the tree and its fruit, the wise and the foolish uh, builders, he is transitioning from godly righteousness through biblical morality to godly righteousness through faith in Christ. And so what he's doing is he is moving from our expression of righteousness to the source of our righteousness. So he's going from expression, the way we live it out, to the source, the reason that we can have it in the first place. So what he's doing here in in the golden rule is he's answering the question, how should all kingdom righteousness be expressed? How do we live it out? How should all kingdom righteousness be expressed? And the answer is by living like Jesus. Do to others as you would have them do to you. He says, so in everything. So, so we're at our transition now in everything. All right? So we have this all-inclusive term here. And we can kind of, I think we get a greater understanding of everything. Everything's so broad. Everything is so big that we can't wrap our minds around everything. Right? And so what we have to do is we have to kind of make it personal. And we have to be able to slip ourselves into every situation that we can think of in order to get this concept of everything. Okay, so so think of it. Think about it like this: we're asking ourselves a question, and we're filling in a filling in the blank at the end. All right. So here's the question: How do I want to be treated? Blank. How do I want to be treated? Blank. So let's just give an example: How do I want to be treated in my relationships? 
All right? So there's different kinds of relationships. There's, there's uh, you know, parental. There's marriage. There's friends. There's, there's all different kinds of relationships. So there's some things that are kind of standard. I, I like to be respected. I like uh, to, to someone to treat me with kindness. And, and all different kinds of things that we can throw out there. Well, well this, is, this is my idea. This is how I'm getting around to everything. Okay? So that's, that's one category. How do I want to be treated in my faults? When I mess up, when I'm when I do the wrong thing, when I when I uh, when I'm humble and when I'm when I'm proud, how do I want to be treated in this time? When I'm at work, how do I want to be treated uh, at my workplace? If I accidentally cut someone off on the road, how do I want to be treated? Right? Because you know it's real easy to to treat somebody real bad when they cut you off on the road. But what happens when you're the one that accidentally cut somebody off on the road? Right? How do I want to be treated if I'm late for a meeting? How do I want to be treated when my team loses? I wanted to add that one in there real quick. I do not like to receive calls when my team loses. <laughs> I just wanted to throw that out there for everybody to hear. I won't call you. You don't call me. We're good. All right? Uh, so, so anyways, there's, there's golden rule living right there. Uh, so, so when we ask this question, we don't need, uh, but when we ask this question, I should say, we don't need to apply it as if we were in the middle of the situation. Okay? We need to take the emotions out of it. Uh, so let me give you an example of this. How many of you have been at the park or, or like a theme park or a fair or something like that? And you're waiting in line. You've been waiting in line for 45 minutes to ride the stinking ride that's going to last 13 seconds. <laughs> and you've been waiting for so long and then the kids come, right? And these kids start making their way through people and they're going under rails and they're going and, and saying, excuse me, excuse me. And they're cutting their way to the front. Oh, my parents are up there, whatever. And so, you know, how many of you did they have? But anyways, uh, you know, we don't need to make a decision in that moment how we would want to be treated uh, if, if we were in their shoes, right? Because if we, if we could took that very, very literally... If we took that very, very literally and said, okay, if, I, if it were me and I was with that group of kids that was cutting through everybody, then how would I want to be treated in that moment? Well, I would want them to let me through so I could get to the front of the line. So that, that's not the picture here. The idea is to draw ourselves back and to ask ourselves this question from a controlled environment. Now that I'm older, how would, have, how would I have wanted people to treat me had I been acting that way. Now that I'm older and I can see it and I have a little bit of maturity and guys, this is something that comes for our balcony folks. No offense, Barry, I was just talking to the youth around you. Uh, but, but anyways, this is, this is something that comes a little bit later, but, but how would I wanted to be treated now? Personally, now, I would have wanted somebody to confront me. I would have wanted somebody to grab me by my shirt or by my shoulder or something and explain to me why this is rude. Explain to me why this is a problem. I wouldn't want it to be screamed at. I would not have wanted to be yelled at. I would not have wanted to be embarrassed. Because I've definitely considered that tactic before. Hey, look, everybody, there's some cutters right here. I just want to point that out. You know, I've definitely thought about that. that that's not what I wanted. And I wouldn't have wanted to be ignored. That's something else. Now, looking back, if, if that would have been me, I would not wanted someone to just turn a blind eye to it and let me cut through. I would have wanted out of what is the best thing for me in hindsight and out of love, and that is to confront me. Confront me with gentleness, but confront me and tell me why what I was doing was wrong. And, and this is the kind of the same picture in, in all these different areas. If we, if we just take this moment, then we could say any immature person could want something that is not beneficial for them. 
But if we can take a step back and say, if it were me, and, and I could look at a bigger, broader picture of this, then what would I want? And Jesus says for us to do this in everything. In everything. So, in everything. And we get to that next word, do. So, in everything, do. This is an action verb. This is an action command. This is not wishing and hoping and praying. This is doing. Yesterday, we were working out there on the playground, and a young man just kind of came in uh, to, to give us a helping hand. And, uh, and he said, you know, uh, I really want to go to the Colin game today. And, uh, and he said, but I only got a buck, and I think it cost $8 uh, to, to get in. Now listen, I don't, I don't know if it was a sob story. I have no idea. I don't know if he was being honest or I, I don't know what his heart and his motives were. But I know that uh, my first reaction uh, was, was I felt something. Like, okay, I, I should probably help out with this. I should probably do something about this. But then when I felt it, I, my, my second reaction, my, my subsequent reaction was this. All right, I could get all the guys to chip in $1 and we could pay it off. And then I was like, Nelson, you're just a cheapskate. You know that? <laughs> this kid is asking for 7 bucks. Go and get him 7 bucks. And so he was out there before lunch and we ran and, and uh, we grabbed uh, some lunch. And I went up to the house and I, I grabbed some cash for him uh, to go to the game. Uh, unfortunately, he left before I came back, and so that, that transaction never happened. But, but look at this. James talks about this. James, if you read the book of James, a lot of James will go back to the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, he does a lot of talking uh, about what Jesus has already mentioned. In, in James two fifteen and 16, it says, Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? Right? And so, so we're not to be thinkers, we are to be doers of God's word, not merely hearers, as, as James puts it again. Uh, another example that I think uh, will, will kind of, I think, show it out a little bit more is uh, a few years ago, uh, I, was, I was in my car and I was driving home from somewhere and, and I saw a man pulled over on, uh, in a parking lot and, and I noticed that uh, he had a gas can in his hand and he was walking to, uh, I guess, the closest gas station. And so I, I pulled up. It was, it was about to rain. And so I pulled up. I said, hey, why don't you hop in? We'll go get you some gas. And so, so I, I drove him over and, uh, and we filled up his gas can and, and, and I took him back and he was real appreciative. And, and I, said, I said, you know, it, it's fine. No big deal. Uh, and I said, do you know Jesus? And he said, yeah, we do, as him and his wife, and we had a word of prayer, and, and I went on my way feeling so good about myself. Oh, yeah, this is a servant of the Lord right here, you know? <laughs> this is a good dude. And then I continued to drive, and a, a little uh, less, or a little more grungy or gritty of an area, and I saw a man walking down the street with a, uh, with a little crate, my knowledge and my thought was everything that this man owns is in this little crate. And God nudged my heart. I knew it. When I saw him, God nudged my heart uh, to go and to help this man out. And I just I just kept on driving. And I really, I remember kind of thinking to myself, man, I hate it for that guy. It's about to rain out here and he's going to get soaking wet and there's nothing that anybody's going to do for him. And I, I had just 
you know, driven by. And in that moment, God convicted me. In that moment, God convicted me. He says, you help one, but you ignore the other. You help one, but you ignore the other. Listen, I could have easily, easily given this man a ride downtown to the bus station, to a shelter, something like this. I was in no rush. I had nowhere to go. We didn't have kids yet. <laughs> and so this was, this was fine. And, and I, could have, I could have done that. But all I did was I passed him up with a thought of sorrow. And this is, this is a problem. And this is, not, this is the antithesis of what Jesus is teaching here. He says, do. Do to others. All right? Don't, don't just think about what should be done. Don't, don't theorize about how, how great and how wonderful ministry should be. No. Do to others. We are not commanded to just wish and think about and concern ourselves with. We are commanded to give and to go and to teach and to share and to love and to help. And we do it all in the name of Jesus. So, in everything, do to others. You get to this next two words here. To others. Now, others is not very specific here, is it? <laughs> not very helpful when Jesus is trying to give us details on who this others is. And so if he doesn't give us the details, then we should not apply limits to it either. Okay? <laughs> uh, if, if he doesn't say others means this group, then we should not say others means uh, this group. It doesn't just circle the people that we say this is who it applies to. Others simply means others. All others. Think about it like this. Do you think it was easy for Jesus to go through what he went through? To be nailed to a cross and bear the sins of all those people who he knew would never turn to him, would never put their trust in him as Lord. Listen, others applies to all people. The cross was, was big enough and covered all humanity, and so, so others applies to all people. And that's why the greatest consummation of the golden rule is found in the Great Commission. It's the greatest consummation of the golden rule. What do we want more for ourselves than eternity with Christ in heaven? Is there anything for the Christian that could, that could say in their soul that they want for themselves more than eternity in Christ, uh, with Christ in heaven? Maybe, maybe the only other answer to that would be maybe my children would have eternity uh, with Christ in heaven. So if that's our answer, if that's our desire, if that's our heart, what gift can we give that is more valuable than, in, than what is most precious to us? What gift could we possibly give then that is more valuable than what is most precious to us? Therefore, going to all peoples all over the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ is the most valuable application of the golden rule possible. Because it is the best gift. It is doing to others what we supremely and most desirably want for ourselves. And then Jesus says, do to others what you would have them do to Finally, we get to this last part, and this is a picture of role reversal. It's kind of like uh, the story of the prince and the pauper. Most of us are pretty familiar uh, with that story, but basically the prince uh, befriends a poor kid, and they switch clothes, and the captain of the guard gets confused, kicks the prince uh, out of the castle, and so the prince has to learn what it's like to be poor uh, and, and to deal with everything that that 
that they, that poor people in, in that culture when it was being, uh, or the time period it was being written about, uh, and how they uh, were treated. So I ask you that question. Thinking of role reversal, how would you respond if you were suddenly cast into poverty? How would you respond if you were suddenly cast into poverty? I wonder, would you feel different about politics? I wonder, would you think differently about what God's word says about taking care of the needy? I wonder how we would want to be treated when we came into this place. See, this is the idea here. This is the idea. It's role reversal. If, if, if that were me in those shoes, how would I want to be treated? Now go and do likewise. If that were me in that situation, how would I want to be treated? Now go and do likewise. So that's, that's really an important question and really a situation by situation question, but it's really important is to look at someone and as you know that the Lord is prompting you to help, as you know that the Lord is leading you to assist, you step in, you go, and you do. Like, like Jesus says here, you do, you, you have action, and then you think to yourself, what if that were me? What if that were me? And I think that, to me, is the greatest argument outside of strictly obedience to go to missions. What if that were you? What if that were you in India? What, were, what if that were you who had never heard the gospel, had never had an opportunity? What if that were you in South America and the compassion group comes by and they're, they're adopting kids into their program so that sponsors like you and me can go and give our money so that they can have a Christian education, but you were the kid that got skipped over? What if that were you? How would you like to be treated? What would you want your situation to be? See, great, uh, excuse me, golden rule living makes a difference. It is the consummation, it is the coming together, it is the final conclusion of all the righteous acts that Jesus talks about in this book. And he says, listen, if you want to just combine it all together, if you want to combine it all together and just put it all in a ball, and here it is, just lay it out before you, here it is, do to others. Do to others what you would have them do to you. Now, a lot of people will say, this isn't Jesus' teaching. You have to understand. There's, there's way years, Confucianism, way, years and years before Christianity talked about this. Buddhism, years and years before Christianity talked about this. Even Judaism, uh, literally 10 years before uh uh, before the, what we presume to be the death of, of Jesus, that, that date, right around A.D. 20. There was a, there was a Jewish scholar, a Jewish uh, uh, man who, who was asked, you know, sum up the law, sum up the law for me. And, and he said, don't do to others what you don't want have done to you. And if you look at every single one of the quotes that we could equate to what we call the golden rule, and say a lot of people say, well, it wasn't Jesus' idea. The only the difference is every one of the other ones is given in a negative sense. It's given in the don't do to others what you don't want have done to you. And Jesus turns that on its head. He gives it a positive outlook. It's not about what we stop doing. It is about what we do. 
It is about doing. It is about going. It is about giving. It is about teaching. It is about surrendering. It is about humbling ourselves and getting out before people and doing to them what we would want done to us if we were in their situation. And it leaves a mark. It leaves the mark of Jesus Christ. I want to share with you a story real quick. It's called the story of Catherine Laws. And Catherine Laws is a, was a woman back in the 1920s who had married uh, the warden of the Sing Sing prison. And, and the warden, uh, her husband, began what was the first uh, basketball games at this prison. And, and all her friends and all her uh, mentors and stuff said, don't you go to that basketball game. Don't you go to that basketball game. It's going to be bad. It's a bunch of hardened criminals. You, you have your three daughters with you. Who, who's going to take care of them? Don't you go. She disregarded her friends and her mentors, and she went to that first basketball game, and she sat in the pews, and she sat in the uh, rafters, rather, uh, or bleachers. There it is. That's the right word. Uh, and she sat with the inmates. And she brought her three girls with her, and those three girls and that woman sat with the inmates. Uh, when I'm just going to read some of it here. It says, When she heard that one convicted murderer was blind, she taught him Braille so that he could read. Upon learning of inmates who were hearing impaired, <laughs> she studied line, sign language for herself so that she would be able to communicate with them. For 16 years, she softened the hard hearts of the men of Sing Sing. But in 1937, the world saw the difference real love makes. Prisoners knew something was wrong when laws didn't report to work. Quickly, the word spread that Catherine had been killed in a car accident. The following day, her body was placed in her home three-quarters of a mile from the prison. As the acting warden took his early morning walk, he noticed a large gathering at the main gate. Every prisoner pressed against the fence, eyes awash with tears, faces solemn. No one spoke a word. They'd come to stand as close as they could to the woman who'd given them love. The warden made a remarkable decision. All right, men, you can go. Just be sure to check in tonight. These were America's hardest criminals, murderers, robbers. These were men the nation had locked away for life. But the warden unlocked the gate for them, and they walked without escort or guard to the home of Catherine Laws to pay their last respects. And to a man, each one returned. Catherine Laws is an example of golden rule living and the impact that it can have on the lives of others. And kingdom righteousness is ultimately expressed by following this simple rule. And so our question tonight, our concluding question, our concluding thought is how do we express ourselves as followers of Christ? Who do we value? Do we set people in the place where we would say, I'm treating you how I would want to be treated? Or are we more concerned with how I want to be treated over, over you at, at all? So let's, let's consider that. Let's pray about that. And if the Lord's working on you, you respond to that. Let's pray. God, I love you. And uh, I just pray that you would, you would use this, Father, for your glory. God, that you would use this. Lord, it's so simple. Uh, it's so simple and it's so taught, God, that it's become cliché. And unfortunately, most of our good things that have become cliche uh, sometimes get pushed to the side. And God, I just pray that this would be something that you would, you would revive in our hearts. That, that this is not cliche. This is life. 
And God, the way that you have summarized, the way that you put it in a nutshell so that we can understand it, is, God, very simple. Do to others as we would have them do to us. So, God, may we be honest when we're in those situations, Father. May we be genuine when we're in those situations, Father. Let us consider what what your Holy Spirit has led us to understand tonight. And Father, may we go and do likewise. God, it starts with you. It starts with your Son. It starts with the the fact that Jesus, (laughs) Jesus came and did what he was talking about. Jesus came and did for us. What any normal person would want done for them. So God, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And follow him down this road, blessing others. God, we love you. It's in Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen.